dedicatory epistle to lift luck on southern roads this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org lift luck on southern roads by tickner edwards dedicatory epistle to george c hayty r i my dear george hayty it is a queer confirmation of the waywardness or shall i say the inscrutability of the supreme direction that you and i each loving the same things and possessed of the same dislike for the hustle and din of modern workaday cities should the one being anchored apparently for life in the great dim backwater of london getting little or nothing of what he most desires and the other far beyond all evident deserts be free to roam this pleasant english land at will going by the most alluring and the sunniest by-paths tracking down will-o'-the-wisps of fact or fancy consorting for the most part with the staunchest and cleanest-hearted people in the world the english peasantry and generally skimming the cream of outdoor country life with no other care in the world than that omnipresent and salutary one the need for daily bread-winning in my case one and pretty hard one as you know at the point of a grey goose-quill yet if fate should have destined the one of us for a vagabond but in theory for ever holding him fast among his colour-boxes and canvases in the gloom of a london street it would avail nothing if the other out of sympathy should turn tail on his opportunities confessedly undeserved though they be god himself cannot help the man who misses his chances and if it has been my great good luck to be born a sort of mediaeval throwback and that a twin it were the direst folly to make a siamese affair of our twinship by electing to share your smoke and paving-stones when i can do you immeasurably the better service standing afar off and calling over to you faithfully the tally of the seasons the blunt of the first green leaf summer's fulfilled magnificence the earliest shuttle throw of russet and gold when autumn is lagging in so here for you is the tale of my latest solitary ramble the journey covers as you shall see some two hundred odd miles through five southern counties and was conceived on an unusual plan for i went neither on foot nor by any of the wanted means of conveyance beloved of tourists neither by motor nor cycle phaeton nor ambling nag moreover i kept clear of the main roads and with two exceptions the great towns shunned nearly all the guide-book points of interest sought out the least frequented lanes and by-paths and found my history in the happy places that have no history other than that writ large over their moss-green roofs and lichen walls the english villages 
which as i look back on the long white road of the journey lie in the memory now like pearls on a silver string the truth is that on this latest desultory ramble i have been more the vagabond the incorrigible idler than ever sweet are the uses of infirmity and when one's infirmity is no worse than a sort of picturesque slacking of all members but eyes and ears and these alert very much and at all times no great harm is likely to accrue i got me to tell the truth through the whole two hundred mile stretch of the way with camera and pack on shoulder and at surprisingly little expense by means of lifts taken in any chance vehicle that might be faring in my direction once clear of the great fashionable watering place in far devon that was my starting point my plan consisted in waiting by the roadside or strolling gently onward until something on wheels it mattered not what overtook me and thus by fits and starts slow joltings in lumbering farm wagons steady crawls in brewers drays an occasional brisk mile or two in a doctor's or parson's gig quiet hours on the tailboards of pantechnicans a momentous evening in a missionary van sundry rides in tradesmen's carts in various counties in fact by dint of laying under use the whole gamut of country perambulation at length after many days of travel i found myself at my journey's end in drowsy arundel with a head stuffed full of memorable experiences and a great all but resistless longing to turn about there and then and do the journey over again well it is all set down here in these pages the golden autumn days with their heterogeneous comradeships their illuminating chats with tramps and gypsies in sunny hedgerow corners their sprinkle of adventure grim pathetic droll or hazardous their cakes and ale and merry talk in a score of village inns and the moonlit nights too some few spent out in the open the most of them passed under cottage roof trees where the glowing kitchen fireside was but reluctantly exchanged for the little attic chamber with its pink rosetted dimity and the lavender in its sheets many a time on the long way i thought of you and wished you were there to enjoy some particular country quip or whimsy or wondered what you would have done in any of a dozen situations that chanced upon the way how for instance you would have managed the over-cautious landlady who feared to let me lie at her inn in the lonely wiltshire village whether you would have interfered at all or have ventured to act as i did in the quaint love story of the little hampshire postmistress would the watercress minstrel have sung for you as he sang for me and would you have dubbed it dream or reality that strange midnight experience at stonehenge but all this is unduly premature 
and by way of spoiling the story yet to come one word more and that an indispensable one not all the places visited nor the people encountered on the route bear in these pages the names the map or the census roll assigns to them nor did some of the major incidents occur just where they are set down in the book dealing as it does with real living persons and their actual doings the reason for this is evident here and there i admit i have been constrained to ride a pretty high horse as you will be the first to tell me and once or twice to put on cap and bells but to masquerade in the full bottom wig and scarlet of the public censor has been very far from my purpose so i have used this red herring method the due privilege as i consider it of the professional looker-on at the game of life as far as might seem expedient it is not the isolated act but the common doings not the one man but the many on which bell book and candle were rightly employed signed t e End of Dedicatory Epistle